Yes. <laughs> Yay. We got it. <laughs> got it. Fantastic. Yeah. Lovely to meet you, Stella. How are you doing? Yeah. Same. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah. It's my birthday today. So I'm very happy. <laughs> no way. Happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I'm having a really nice day. Yeah. Wow. What an exciting start in the day. Eh? <laughs> it is rather. Yes. I'm Catherine Buxton, and since discovering the joy of meditation in my late 30s, I've been on a journey of self-discovery that has introduced me to some fascinating ideas. Join me as I take a deeper dive into the areas of our well-being that we just don't give enough attention to. Would our lives really be any better if we took our well-being seriously? Each week I'll be joined by a well-being specialist to unpick the value of sleep, nutrition, kindness and so much more. This is Things You Should Care About podcast in association with isborn.org. And today I'm talking to the very lovely Stella Mahler, who is 26 years old and was born and raised in Cologne, Germany. She struggled with depression and anxiety, which led to psychotherapy and eventually to the book, The Journey from Abandonment to Healing by Susan Anderson. This looks at the role of our inner child when faced with challenges and difficult emotions. Stella has fully embraced the ideas in the book and has worked in healing and sorting out her own inner child and now runs workshops and helps others to do the same. She and her lovely dog currently live in rural village in southwest Algarve. So a very warm welcome to you, Stella. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. So, I guess it's a sunny day in, in Algarve, is it today? Yeah, hello, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, it's quite sunny and lovely. I already had a dip in the ocean before recording this podcast, so perfect setup. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it about moving to Portugal that you found so appealing, Stella? Why is it you wanted to move here from Germany? Hmm. I think the, the main course for it was nature I grew up in a big city you know it's always been lots of traffic big city lights a lot of shops and yeah here it's all a little bit more wide and free mm. um, there's more simplicity in life to yeah. it I think the next shop if I need to buy anything like big I need to drive for an hour so really? life here is less focused on consumption and it's more about yeah just living and being mm. that sounds wonderful Stella it sounds really lovely yeah I agree thank you but it's a it's a very big thing to do at, at a young age to sort of you know go and live somewhere completely different a completely different country it must have taken lots of courage hmm yeah, I think so. Maybe looking from the outside perspective, you could think so. But for me, it felt like the most natural thing to do because I never really felt like I fit in where I grew up anyway in like this kind of city life. And so I discovered this place here when I was in holidays for the first time. And then I always kept coming back to it whenever possible. And well, the last time I just stayed and it kind of, it was never really that I made the decision, wow, I'm going to move to Portugal now. It just kind of, happened naturally step by step and okay, yeah it's just evolved naturally exactly <laughs> yeah, that sounds perfect so how did you come across this work with the inner child Stella uh, I came across the inner child work basically through my own mental health journey mm -hmm. yeah as you said in the introduction I struggled with depression and anxiety and I attended um, like a 
psychosomatic clinic for some time and there they introduced me to the concept of the inner child and I already thought back then it was quite I don't know it really resonated with me being in the role of the patient and then I kind of did my own healing work moved to Portugal kind of forgot a bit about it again and then actually because of a personal crisis going through a breakup with my ex-boyfriend I, I found this book and the journey from abandonment to healing and there the inner child got mentioned again so yeah I did all the the practices described in there and basically really got obsessed with inner child work and looked up many different sources and just kind of like a sponge soaked in all the information I could find about it and then yeah really found out that for me it was like the key or like a big big part a big tool of um, coming to a better place mental health wise and creating more self-worth and independence and yeah self-love so that's why in the end I decided to to put myself out there and share what I've learned because I believe so many of us we all look like adults but we all have these little inner children inside of us and lots of times when there's conflict or drama it's because the inner children inside of us are speaking to each other and it's not the adults speaking to each other and acting but the inner ch children being in conflict and I believe we all can we all need a bit of inner child work to yeah bring a good balance I agree absolutely I think that's you know really fascinating and you know I, it's my birthday today as I told you and, and and even over the last couple of days my little inner child was saying you know but nobody knows it's your birthday nobody cares you won't get any presents you won't get any cards you know, <laughs> having, having a real little tantrum you know mm -hmm. and I just have to sit her down and just give her a big cuddle and say do you know what it'll be fine it'll be absolutely all right so yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You're being a good mother to yourself there. Huh? Exactly. I'm trying. I'm trying. Absolutely. What is the inner child? How does the inner child sort of show up in our lives, um, Stella? How does it manifest itself? Yeah, I believe there are like slightly different definitions to it, but I describe it like this, that the inner child basically is a metaphor for our feelings. Mm. And so whenever you're feeling anxious, are scared or concerned worried that nobody might remember it's your birthday and give you presents it's yeah. in the child inside of you feeling anxious or worried or scared so it helps to really visualize the inner child as a yeah maybe like three years old version of ourselves and then to think okay what does a three years old child need of course it needs a lot of love and intention and like to feel seen and heard and cared for and like yeah the idea is that our inner child is basically our feelings that speak to us and by by creating this image of the inner child we create a basically a container that is separate that is outside from us and we describe all the feelings that we're feeling to this container like this we have a safe space where all of the feelings we feel are welcome, like even the, the challenging ones, the ones we usually maybe don't want to feel because they, yeah, they are not so nice <laughs> to feel. It's sticky, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, by creating this metaphor, this image of the inner child and by seeing our feelings as something 
outside of us or by basically giving them a voice, letting the inner child speak our feelings, it gets a lot easier for us to actually access them and to notice them and then to deal with them in a non-judgmental and compassionate and kind way. Because yeah, how do you speak to a three years old child, of course, loving and nice. And it's often the case, I think that when we speak to ourselves, we are overly critical and harsh and we speak to ourselves in an internal voice, how we would never speak to our best friends or of course, not a little child. Yeah. And the whole idea behind this is to change this internal voice and make it a more kind and compassionate one so we can actually learn to be that good friend or mother to ourselves. Mm. And I think another word that comes to mind is patience as well. I mean, you know, I have, I've, had, I've had two little children and I've had them when they were three years old and I remember that. And I remember how patient you had to be. So I guess it's about being patient with ourselves too. Yeah, true, right? I noticed that on myself actually as well. As soon as I have, I understand something mentally, I immediately think, okay, now I, the next day I need to change it or there should be a change visible already. Whereas usually as everything in life, it's a process, it takes time, it takes repetition. Same with children, right? They, they learn by picking up and dropping things like a hundred times and yeah, patience, I think, is, is a big one. Yes, absolutely. I, I still struggle with that now. <laughs> with myself. Yes, yes, it, it, is a, it is a difficult that one, very difficult. So, Kiv, you, you talk about in, um, when, we, when we had a chat beforehand, this sort of big you and little you and the way that you can have a dialogue between each other. How, how does that work? Yeah, so there are many different approaches to do inner child work. I think meditations are also a big one. I usually before doing this big you, little, big you, little you dialogue, which basically is a di dialogue between the inner child and the adult self mm. in a written form on paper. Uh, before that, usually I do a little visualization. So you really visualize yourself as a three years old to meet your inner child. And then you visualize yourself as the most capable, responsible version, adult version of yourself. And then you let these two parts of you meet on paper. So it looks like this, that usually it's the big you, the adult self opening the dialogue by saying, for instance, like, hey, inner child, or maybe you like to give your inner child a name, like little Catherine, or I call myself mine little Stelly. So I'm like the big one saying like, hey, little Stelly, how are you feeling? And the whole idea that you want to, the adult self wants to encourage the inner child to express how he or she is really feeling to express its emotions, to hold space and to yeah, acknowledge and validate the emotions. Mm. So you just, you just write down the dialogue basically. Yeah, it sounds a bit uh, weird or you might think, okay, what, what should I write about? But it's really fascinating technique because every time I pick up the, the pencil and I have no idea what's gonna come out. Like I have an idea maybe what the adult self is gonna say or like I, because I want to, find out basically how I'm feeling myself. So I'm gonna ask the little child how she's feeling or what she needs and how I can support her best. But yeah, the inner children, they really, especially when you do this exercise regularly, they really become a personality or a character by themselves. And they sometimes tell you things or emotions or stuff you care about. You didn't even know there was going on. 
in your mind. I suppose you 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 you're not blocking. You're kind of just letting the whole thing flow through. You're not kind of like um, censoring yourself or censoring what you're right. You're just allowing that inner child to truly say what she needs to say. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. And it's basically not to. You can stop and think like that's the only thing maybe to pay a bit attention to that you're still kind of staying on top of the game as the observer that you still have the roads clearly defined that it's really the child expressing its feeling and the adult adulting and taking care of the child and giving like a, words of affirmation and reassurance or like making promises to um to have the child feel more safe or seen so that's one thing sometimes where it's good to make a little break maybe if you notice oh now it's the inner adult saying oh i'm so scared no that should be the words of the inner child because the inner child expresses the feelings but yeah the whole idea is to to not censor it there is no right or wrong it's basically just a journaling method to get more in touch with what's going on inside of you and instead of just writing everything in like the first personal singular like i feel today like this this is to make it in the form of this dialogue and let the inner child basically talk to you and tell you how how she or he is feeling mm. yeah that sounds fantastic how often do you do it i mean is it something you do every day or various well, yes susan anderson recommends it especially in the beginning to do it daily maybe if you have a routine to make it part of it in the mornings or in the evenings just to create this really this bond and connection to your inner child. Because actually for many of us, we, especially if we're not really in touch with our feelings, that means we're not really in touch with our inner children. It can be that our children feel quite abandoned and have trust issues towards ourselves. So it really, like in a real relationship with a child or people around us, it really takes some time and patience and effort to create this relationship and actually hmm, to get the inner children to a place where they want to communicate with us and trust us and want to open up. So yeah, in the beginning it's recommended to do it daily and then maybe at least three times a week. Um, for me, it always works best in this written form, but if you're a bit more practiced, you can also just do it mentally in your head. Mm especially in situations like of crisis i don't know you are somewhere and suddenly you're feeling anxious or not well and then you remember ah this is my inner child basically like pulling the strings or knocking on the door saying like hello i need some attention so maybe you can go inwards or step away from the place you are for a bit and tell yourself like hey it's okay what do you need and yeah so like this it can really become the idea is that it's a tour and ongoing practice for your life um, that you can always take with you. And yeah, basically like a little key to access your inner world, your inner feeling. Yeah, and I suppose for, for, for a lot of us, maybe um, when we're mothering or being a good mother to, to our inner child, for a lot of us don't have a good role model for what good, good mothering is. You know, I mean, I, I definitely didn't have a particularly good role model for, for, for what being a good mother is. Mm -hmm. It took me, I think, to be a mother and to practice being a mother, sometimes not always successfully, to work out what it is to be a good mother. Yeah. 
so so how how do you find it how can we find the good mother the good the good adult is it that trusting mm. ourselves trusting the adult mm, yeah i think trust plays a big role in it for sure and I guess you are even more experienced in being a good mother, obviously, because you're a real mom than I am. So I guess I still have some more work to do with my inner adult to actually practice to be a good mom mm. to myself. Um, but I think the idea is we know ourselves best. Like we are conscious of who we are. And if we have a little bit of awareness and start noticing our needs and wants, in the end, it's ourselves who we have to meet our own needs. And we are responsible for taking care of our emotional well-being, for our, yeah, for navigating through our inner landscape. Like, especially in a situation like this with COVID, I know it can be, there can be feelings of, I don't know, like a feeling of, that we lose control of what's happening around us and that can have a big effect of what's going on inside of us mm. and i think the the first attempt we always try to do is to control our surroundings or to control the people around us their reaction their words we want this person to behave more friendly that person to behave more whatever way and in child work is really about like learning to let go like okay we cannot control what's happening around us but we can really bring back and take on full responsibility what, for what's happening inside of us and for basically self-soothing and self yeah meeting our own needs without the constant look for external validation or safety um, I think that's why for me, for instance, the inner child work really came up at the end of a relationship because there I noticed, aha, I have basically myself as an inner mom, inner mother, as the inner adult, I have stepped back and I have given my inner child to my partner and let him be the adult taking care. And mm. um, so that was the process of, okay, no matter who I'm with in a friendship, in a relationship, or even now my actual mother is visiting here in Portugal, even when I'm with her, she mm. cannot always meet my needs. She cannot always see what I need and give me the right words. And it hurts. That's the inner child then saying like, oh, I don't feel seen. I'm hurt. Like, why doesn't she notice I'm tired or she didn't ask how my day was. And then it is up to me, my adult need to step in and give myself these words and say like, hey, I really care about you. To me, you're the most important person in my life. How are you feeling? What do you need? How, how was your day? And that makes us a lot more independent from what's going on outside of us, I think. And it makes it easier to stop taking things so personally. I, I really like that, Stella, because um, I like it is difficult, really hard, especially in our Western civilization to not look, seek things outside of ourselves to complete ourselves, whether mm -hmm. that's, you know, the, the next latest iPhone or whether it's the relationship, you know, with a person or, uh, you know, your sibling or your mother or whatever. We're always looking to that to make us feel whole. Mm -hmm. I guess what you're saying with this, which is what I really like about it, is that we already have all those tools available to ourselves within ourselves so it's about you know accessing those things ourselves that are, that are there already um, and and being responsible for ourselves yeah yeah exactly that's 
put very nicely. Mm. Um, it's exactly what you said, I think, especially in our Western capitalist world, we are so used to, or it's so easy, it is so easy, the whole system is designed to constantly distract ourselves mm. from what's really going on, on inside of us. I don't know, maybe I feel feeling of sadness when I come home alone and at the end of the day and I don't want to feel these feelings so I can immediately take out my phone and scroll social media for half an hour then I see a picture of this person doing that with another person which evokes another feeling inside of me then I feel that I don't want to feel this feeling so I I don't know go to the freezer and get a chocolate ice cream and eat it and then I call my friend yeah we have so many opportunities constantly around us to to avoid this place of really stopping to stop and enter basically this blank space where we just are with ourselves and then also our inner children to notice what's going on inside of us and I think it's quite human also to some some level that it's nice uh, that we have all these pleasures but it's good to have a little bit of awareness and then um, with the help of inner child work which basically is this tool maybe we can slowly shift to a place of okay next time I hold in for and stay with myself for like five seconds just taking some deep breaths and even then if I turn to my distraction to my bias to my numbings I do it with more consciousness I do it with more awareness mm. and then maybe the next time the the break is even longer I wait for half a minute and then maybe it's a minute and at some point I I'm so aware that I don't really want want to do it anymore mm. or maybe I even manage to sit down and I don't know meditate to hold myself or to take out the pen and paper and be like okay I sit down and just for five minutes check in with myself what's really going on and if I still feel like I don't know eating the ice cream afterwards or doing whatever I do to distract myself I can still do that I think it's yeah in a child work can really help us to create more awareness and yeah to basically create this little pause in between we feel something and then we react immediately mm. and instead of feeling something making this little pause and then responding from a from an adult from our adult self because lots of times when we react like for instance you say something to me I feel offended and then I don't know I scream back at you immediately I wouldn't do that <laughs> extreme <laughs> example but <laughs> and in a child work so that would be my my inner child screaming back at you like there would be no filter it would just be the pure emotion going back at you yeah. and in a child work I think can can help us to learn to take in what's happening maybe take one breath make this little little millisecond of break and then respond more and more from an adult place and that I think in yeah there will be a lot less drama or conflict in our world if we all would take on more our personal responsibility for our feelings and reactions and responses. You, you, you spoke a little bit about this thing called reparenting can you just tell us a bit more about that what's reparenting? Yeah reparenting basically is the term for providing for our inner children what they need like to really act from 
from the place of the inner adult and meeting our own emotional needs of our own children. Mm -hmm. Like as I said before, these magic words, like I see you, I hear you, I choose you. We know best what our childhood, childhood wounds are. Yes. Um, I think we all brought up, we all have some kind of childhood wounds, not because our parents meant to do that or just because they're human and just because mm. it's just naturally that uh, we all carry these little traumas or these little, yeah, maybe old belief system inside of us, like I'm not good enough or I'm too much, I'm too sensitive. And by, by reparenting ourselves, we can actually change this inner voice or we can tell our inner children the opposite, like, no, you're good enough. You're not too sensitive. You're allowed with all that you are. You're not too much. You're exactly right the way you are. Um, so basically by reparenting, we are holding a really, really kind and compassionate space for ourselves, for our inner children and we learn to, I think, come back more to a place of wholeness to really accept ourselves as we are because we, we were born perfect, I believe, the way we are already. We've just been told or we internalize these voices in our lifetime, um, maybe that we were not or we were to this and to that. And reparenting is really coming back, I think, to our essence and maybe also to our innocence of hey, I am okay just the way I am. And also I can take up space. I'm allowed to take up space and speak my truth and be all that I am. And even if someone else maybe voices some criticism, me, the adult, is protecting and taking care of my inner child and reassuring it constantly that it's all perfect and right the way it is. And have you found that in this work, Stella, that that you've been able to forgive, to forgive the negative mm. voices that may have come from, say, your parents or from teachers or, you know what I mean, that maybe they've done it unconsciously and not meant to, but that's, that you're able to forgive that. Totally. More and more. <laughs> it's such a good practice at the moment, having my mom here. I can see how many times <laughs> I actually get triggered or my inner child gets triggered. <laughs> But now I'm, I'm capable also to see when, I mean, we're all human, we all have inner children. I think when we're children, we see our parents just as the parents or they should be perfect. They should see and know all what we need at each time, but they're just human too, huh? with their own personal story, with their feelings and stuff they're caught up in. And now I can actually, having the knowledge about all this inner child work, I can actually see also the difference in my mother when she, when it's her inner child talking or acting towards me and when it's her adult. So yeah, I'm, I'm not being so judgmental or harsh on her anymore and a lot more forgiving. Also because now I don't feel dependent on her validation or her words of affirmation because I can do that for myself now and in relationships as well, yeah. So I guess you have a much more adult relationship with your mother. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, actually, I have to come back and do another podcast with you after she's gone home, and then you, you can tell me how it was. <laughs> <laughs> it might be interesting. We're going on holidays for one one week, just the two of us. That 
it's going to be a good challenge for the inner child work. But I actually also managed to guide her through some, or I gave the workshop to her. So I introduced her to some inner child work. And uh, it's amazing the effects also it had uh, it had on her because she realized that sometimes it was even her looking for some validation or safety in me, like some reassurance where I always felt like, ah, oh, this is too heavy. This is not my job as the daughter. So I guess we can all learn from each other, like intergenerational, which is really beautiful. Yes, it is beautiful. Absolutely perfect. Really wonderful. So I was going to say to you, how, how has, I think you've answered part of the question, but how has it affected you? How has it shown up in your life? What's it done for you, this inner child work? Obviously, it's mm. helped with your relationship with your mum. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The inner child work definitely brought me to feeling more confident and independent. And yeah, I think I feel a lot more in integrity with myself now because I know um, I know there's a good relationship now between my inner child and my inner adult and that I'm actually listening and paying attention to what my inner child needs. I'm actually validating and acknowledging my feelings and acting according to them and not self-sabotaging anymore. Um, like for instance when my inner child asked to go home having really nice evening with my friends out and like I feel this feeling of hard oh, or this little voice inside of me that's like oh it's kind of enough I, I want to go home getting a bit tired then my head would always reason like oh why why it's such a nice evening you can still stay and then I would just overstay and at the end of the day feel like super drained when I finally go home and now being so attuned to my inner child and so closely in touch I just trust it more and I listen to it and I go home already even though it was a nice evening and I I don't end up super drained or exhausted and wake up the next feeling feeling refreshed and so yeah it really created this inner trust that I can trust my feelings and also my my body more and I feel a lot more independent especially in relationships or also friendships that I don't I don't know I was quite the overthinker or still am before always worrying like that I might have offended someone or someone might be upset or mad with me and now I'm like hmm, can reassure myself more that unless they tell me it's not the case I'm not taking things so personally anymore and um, yeah feeling a lot more self-love and assurance basically well that's wonderful it's lovely to hear but i was also interested there what you said about um listening to your inner child when when you're out with your friends and she you know mm -hmm. she wants to go home so it's not just the fact that you soothe the inner child and say no everything is all right darling everything's okay you know i'm i'm you know i'm i'm big catherine and i can look after you etc it's 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 about actually listening to what she says and sometimes acting on what she says yeah exactly that's how we create this trust that maybe is damaged from our previous experiences or from not not paying attention to our feelings before and once we really start de de developing this relationship with our inner children they can be quite demanding you know like they really can get their own personality and actually say like hey but if you want me to trust, I 
to trust you, I it would be helping, or I want you to to go home when when I say it's enough. Otherwise, how can you always like give your energy and attention to anyone else and make sure everyone else is okay around you except for yourself? So it's really basically honoring really your inner child and taking it for serious and not that's the thing eh? it's I know it sounds like just doing this exercise writing this dialogue on paper or like it sounds a bit abstract this image of the inner child but it's really you're connecting with the with the real part of yourself with your emotional core so um, you gotta honor that and you gotta take that seriously and if you make a promise to your inner child like yeah I'm gonna speak to you every day which is quite a big promise uh, or I'm never going to leave you again or something you better make sure that you keep it otherwise you you break your trust with yourself again and that really doesn't feel good when you when you lose trust with yourself and your inner child yeah I really like that Stella because often when I've thought about inner inner child work I see it as just the older person soothing the younger person um Whereas what you're talking about here is, is that you're having a really wonderful relationship. You know, the older, the older you and the younger you, you're having a wonderful relationship where you're actually listening to each other. Um, and not always the older person who might think, I want to stay out late tonight and have a good time, um, is right. Sometimes the, you, mm -hmm. you need to listen to this little child who's saying, we need, but we need to go home, we need to go home. Uh, and it's about trust, about, about trust that flows between the both of you. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. quite fascinating, actually, how wise our inner children are. Yes, yes. They are so wise. Like, lots of time writing this dialogue, I actually feel a bit of resistance starting it because I know maybe if I didn't check in with my inner child for lots of days, or oh, I've abandoned her. So I've abandoned myself a lot in the last week. I know she's going to tell me and she's going to be like on point with us and she's going to ask for, for what she needs. Um, it's just really, yeah, I really feel like it's connecting to our inner children. It's like connecting to our center, our essence, our truest self. And you can actually somatically um, locate your inner child in your body as well. I think for each person, the inner child might sit somewhere else. For my friend, the inner child sits in the back. So every time she gets this kind of pain in a specific area in her back, she knows it's her inner child uh knocking on there and saying like hey something is not going right for me for instance it's in the heart i can really feel like um i get physically pain in my heart when i'm not acting or speaking my truth not being aligned with myself so not honoring my inner child mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing we have again in our western world i think our whole way how we learn to live and how we learn in our educational system it's all based on, on knowledge, just like in your head, brain-wise, mental-wise. But we have all this body wisdom as well. And I feel like inner child work and really connecting with your inner child also brings you more back in your body. And you can trust, learn to trust more this little voice that you might call intuition or higher self, whatever you want to call it, to be in trust with yourself and what's happening around you. Mm. Oh, it sounds wonderful, Stella. It sounds sounds like it's a lifetime's work, though. Yeah, it never stops. I believe so. I'm just at the beginning as well. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm 
what was the name of the book that you that you read that really got you on to, got you onto this? Uh, the book is called The Journey from Abandonment to Healing by Susan Anderson. And this one is really about yeah, the relationship of the inner adult and the inner child. And now I'm currently working on basically a second part of the workshop because she introduces briefly in this first book uh, a third character, which is called the outer child. Oh. Yeah, the outer child is basically our reactions the outer child is the part of us that self-sabotage that i don't know has the third glass of wine in the evening when we say we just want to have one glass of wine and was always like trying to basically interrupt this relationship between the inner child and and the inner dove but by pretending to to speak up for the inner child to protect it to be like i oh, know you can have this whole jar of ice cream you deserve it you had a really good day when and the, like in reality of course it's not good to have the whole jar of ice cream maybe one scoop would have been enough but yeah so I'm I'm slowly shifting my my attention now a bit to to this part of self-sabotaging and what we talked about before this place of not instantly reacting but coming more to a place of pausing and then responding and so that's all belongs to this third persona the outer child that susan anderson described and which i've never heard about before in other um, theories of inner child folk so i thought it might be worth having a look into it so stella we asked this question to everybody that comes onto the podcast and it is what one piece of advice has someone given you that you would like to pass on to others and it doesn't have to be about the inner child it could be anything Ah, that's a good question. I was thinking a little bit, a little bit about it beforehand already. And I think a piece of advice that I always hold on is nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal can exist. Nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal can exist. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a piece of advice or like one of the sentences, one of my mentors, Anna Robinson, which I'm doing um, a coaching program with for one year she always repeatedly says that and it just stick to me because i really believe that in life the things that are meant for you and supposed to be there are the people and persons and situation they will not they can't miss you mm. and anything else that is not based on truth and will break eventually will fade away will not last and for me this saying Nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal can exist. Just gives me a big feeling of ah, relief of, okay, it's all good and it's, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Um, I'm not too late. I'm not too old for that. I'm not too young. I'm not, you know. Yes, yes. You're, yeah. not, you're not missing anything because I'm you, not missing. you can't miss anything, can you? Because, yes, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. And it brings, for me, it brings back this feeling of calmness and groundedness and okay I just do me how it feels right and how I think it's supposed to be and everything else will will fall into place if I'm being like really in a good and honest and aligned place with myself it's it's all going to work out that's fantastic Stella yes that's really lovely thank you very much for joining us it's been absolutely fantastic yeah thank you so much for the opportunity it's really nice talking to you